SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. A new week of the morning after begins right here, right now on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, channel 159, the home for SportsGrid Radio on Sirius XM. And all across the SportsGrid network, I'm your host, Ben Stevens. Over these next three hours, as we do each and every weekday, we try to make you a better and more informed sports better. We do that by looking back on week number 15 of the NFL, but it's not over yet. In fact, we still have four games to go to round out week number 15, heading into this final month of the NFL regular season. Playoff implications across the board. We break it all down right here on TMA. We'll talk some college basketball, go around the association in the NBA as well. College football, bowl season underway, a bowl game today. How to make you the most profitable bowl season better that you can possibly be. We do that all on the morning after on this Monday, right here on the grid. And joining me in this opening hour It is the host of Pro Football Today, each and every Sunday on the grid, bleeding the winning edge, getting you set for your Sunday slate, and talking all of the NFL action, which he will do with us today on this Monday. It is Mike Blewett joining us here until 10 a.m. Eastern time to break things down, and we'll bring you all the way until noon Eastern. Blewett, hello, good morning, and I hope you had a great weekend. Yeah, buddy. Great weekend. Happy holidays. And normally uh, you would figure the host of Pro Football Today could come on and shed some insight, shed some light on what happened yesterday, but I don't know that I can. It was a really wild game. Uh, A week ago, we were talking about the sports books getting killed because so many favorites had won. Yesterday, I think they made it back. Uh, A wild week, certainly capping off with the game last night, and we have four more games to go, so we're not all the way to the finish line. Underdogs prevailing in a big way on Sunday, including outright winners, which we saw on Sunday night football. The New Orleans Saints continue to dominate the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the regular season. For the fourth straight time in the regular season since Tom Brady arrived in Tampa, the Saints are victorious, emerging last night as an 11.5-point underdog winning outright in Tampa Bay. It was supposed to be a night bluet of a coronation for the Bucs to clinch the NFC South. The first time the Bucs would be able to do that in quite some time. On the other side, though, it was the Saints shutting down Tom Brady and that Buccaneers offense that entered the game as the top scoring unit in all of the NFL, averaging 31.5 points per game. But for the first time in 15 years, Mike Blewett, Tom Brady is shut out and the Saints win 9-0. Yeah, it was a strange game, obviously, to say the least. Uh, Saints walk in as 11.5-point dogs and get the win. Tom Brady shut out for the first time since 2006. So Mm. it's been a minute since he's suffered this kind of defeat, a home shutout uh, to boot. So I thought that the odd part about it was at every stage during the game, until the very end, I was like, well, it's still only 6 nothing." All they have to do is make one play. I'm sure Tom Brady is going to make one play. But as you saw, Leonard Fournette go down and Chris Godwin go down and Mike Evans go down. There were less and less people able to make plays. Keyshawn Vaughn was out there, and I thought Brady was going to drive him to the airport in the middle of the game. He dropped a pass. He fell down on another route. Uh, But 
you know, in watching some recaps, uh, shout out to Sean O'Hara watching him this morning. He was making a really good point about the Bucks. Tom Brady is known, if for nothing else, his ability to take the easy one, make it accurate, get a first down, make the play and move on. But there were multiple instances last night where he didn't do that. They tried to hit home runs on a third and two and a fourth and one, and that really isn't their style of play. I thought they were trying to win it on one throw as opposed to playing their game. And as we welcome in our Sports Grid Radio audience here, the opening hour of the morning after on this Monday, it's Ben Stevens and Mike Blewett with you for this opening hour. And then we bring you up until noon Eastern time as well. You're listening on Sirius XM Channel 159, the Mightier 1090 out on the West Coast in all of our wonderful radio affiliates recapping Sunday night football in NFC South Sunday night where the Bucks could have clinched the entire division. They're still minus 30,000 to win the division on the FanDuel Sportsbook, but the Saints play spoiler, shutting out Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, winning 9-0. Obviously, blew it the total of 45 and a hook, stays under. It was the seventh time this year that Tampa was a double-digit favorite, and in the previous six games, Tampa had covered in five of those six. Tampa was also perfect at home, a perfect 6-0 straight up entering last night. Their first home loss, only their second time at home this year, the Bucs, have not covered. Meanwhile, the Saints, 5-3 and three ATS as an underdog this year, winning outright in four of those five games, as the Saints did last night as an 11-and-a-half-point underdog. And blew it. Obviously, everything right now in the final month of this NFL regular season is going to have an impact on the playoff picture and thus the futures market on the FanDuel Sportsbook. And for the first time this year, the Buccaneers no longer the favorites in the NFC, but then you parlay that into the Super Bowl market and you will see three teams tied at the top as your co-favorites right now, or co-co-co-favorites, to win the Super Bowl. The Chiefs, the Bucks, and the Packers, all at plus 500, 5-1 to one blew it. The Chiefs, a strong favorite in the AFC. It's actually the Packers at plus 240 blew it, a favorite to win the NFC crown ahead of where Tampa is right now. Yeah, they're locked in as the number one seed and not the only market. The MVP market, massive swing mm. yesterday. Uh, we had Tom Brady, a clear favorite at minus 175. Rodgers was plus 500 or so. Now Aaron Rodgers is the favorite to win the NFL MVP. Very, very tight market. Both Tom and Aaron in plus money. We'll look around the NFC, including why the Green Bay Packers are now the favorites to win that conference championship. We'll do that next here on The Morning App. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. A Monday morning on the morning after continues right here on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, Channel 159, and all across the SportsGrid network, I am Ben Stevens, alongside Mike Blewett for this opening hour of TMA, a full-blown NFL weekend recap. I say weekend because we will touch on the Saturday night game in the AFC in just mere moments. But right now, Blue is the focus is the NFC. And when you look across the NFC playoff picture, we touched on what happened last night in the NFC South for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New Orleans Saints. But there is a new number one seed in the NFC, or at least a new favorite to be the new number one seed in the playoff picture for the NFC. 
the Green Bay Packers. They hold on yesterday against the Baltimore Ravens, 31-30, to because John Harbaugh continues to do what John Harbaugh does. That is be aggressive and go for it on a two-point conversion. You can see those NFC Championship odds right there. The Packers, now the favorites at plus 240. Why are they the favorites? Because they won 31-30 to in Baltimore yesterday against a very shorthanded Ravens team. No Lamar Jackson. Tyler Huntley steps up. John Harbaugh and the flock decide to go for it to try to win the game with a two-point conversion. They ultimately fail on that decision, Blewett. What did you make of that ending game there, Blewett, to have the decision to go for it with that two-point conversion? Well, the Ravens were an 8-3 and three football team, now 8-6, and six, six, having lost three games in a row by a combined four points, obviously two of the last three games against the Steelers and yesterday against the Packers. They missed these two-point conversions. Uh, I don't mind the aggressive play calling at all. Uh, I, I I think that in the long run, especially a well-coached team like that, uh, they're going to execute and score some of those two-point conversions. I, I What I've been struggling with with the Ravens, Ben, is that for the entire year, they've had this roller coaster ride of luck. And I can't tell if they were a lucky team that's turning unlucky or they're an unlucky team that just got lucky at points because they've suffered a ton of injuries. They had a massive amount of starters out yesterday, including their starting quarterback. But then remember earlier in the year, like how can they keep getting these breaks? The doink off of the crossbar to beat the Lions, the last second wins against the the Chiefs, the crazy come from behind victory against the Colts, two good teams that I mentioned there. Uh, but then the two of the last three weeks, balls tipping off of people's hands and just falling short. So don't mind the call. I think he's going to continue to stay aggressive. I thought they should get Huntley out in space maybe, but I'm not going to sit here and question somebody like John Harbaugh on specific play calls. There's others that you can like better, but we're really playing the results when we talk about that. Uh, but this division now has each team over 500. We'll see what happens with the Browns later today if they can remain there. But uh, very much up for grabs now. Uh, we By the end of the day, we might have the Bengals, Browns, and Ravens all tied at 8-6. and six. Certainly so, Blewett. And because of this loss yesterday for Baltimore, although they did cover as a 9.5-point favorite, the line steaming in Green Bay's favor after the news yesterday afternoon that Lamar Jackson would indeed miss this game because of the bone bruise in his ankle. Because of that loss for Baltimore, they are no longer the top seed in the AFC North. That belongs to the Cincinnati Bengals, and that is reflected, as you can see here, with the AFC North divisional odds. Cincinnati at plus 160. The Bengals getting a win yesterday. The Ravens plus 195. The Browns in action later today at 5 p.m. Eastern time at plus 240. Now, you mentioned it, that two-point conversion. That is John Harbaugh's credo. He is going to continue to do that. I do not mind the decision. You could maybe have a conversation about the play call that actually was run there by the Baltimore offense. But again, it's your backup quarterback in Tyler Huntley, who was fantastic yesterday, by the way. 28 of 40, 215 yards through the air, two touchdowns, no interceptions, 13 rushing attempts, 73 yards on the ground, and two touchdowns. An absolute gamer yesterday for Tyler Huntley. And despite that line moving to nine and a half in favor of the Packers, Baltimore still easily covers that number. They are a perfect 4-0 ATS 
as an underdog this year. Green Bay, meanwhile, still tied for the best ATS mark in all of the NFL, 11-3 against the number. And because of that win yesterday, Green Bay clinches the NFC North blew it. And now, as we saw earlier, the favorites to win the NFC championship. A huge day yesterday for Green Bay when you take into what happened on Sunday night as well with the Bucs going down. Uh, no doubt. And obviously the Cardinals, which we'll get to in a moment, uh, go down as well. So they make themselves the number one seed. They've won the division now eight of the last 11 seasons. So dominance, obviously, uh, in that division. I, I thought that it was really the best game of the day uh, of all the games that I was able to watch. I'll go back and rewatch uh, a few more today, but I thought it was the most entertaining game of the day. You made a really good point about Huntley. Mark Andrews was fantastic in the first half. Uh, but Huntley's ability to scramble, it, it really is amazing, Ben. And it was a thought that I had in the middle of the day yesterday where there's some teams that when the backup quarterback comes in, they cannot play offensive football. We see that with the Giants. Now, I don't know if the Giants were particularly good in the first place, but they are totally inept when somebody that isn't Daniel Jones is under center. The Ravens have Tyler Huntley, who's got virtually no experience. He scraped out a win against the Bears last month. And he comes in yesterday, and he's tearing up the Packers. And the Packers have a good defense. I know they're a little banged up in the secondary, but this is the number one seed and arguably the best team in the entire league. And Tyler Huntley was a tip ball away from beating them in the final minute of the game. It's really incredible. I think it speaks a lot to John Harbaugh. That's so why I'm not going to sit here and question his play calls. But – a really nice job by Huntley. He obviously is somebody that we know from having had a successful collegiate career, but to come in and do that yesterday, I think should be encouraging for the Ravens if they find themselves in this position again. Although Lamar has been overall a very durable player. He's only missed, this is the first game he ever missed yesterday due to injury. Baltimore, one of four teams right now in the AFC wildcard race at eight and six straight up this year. Currently, if you were to take a snapshot of the standings right here, right now, Baltimore would be in that eighth spot on the outside looking in at the AFC postseason. We are talking also about the NFC. The Green Bay Packers now the number one seed, minus 350, as the favorites to be the number one overall seed in the NFC. Why? Tampa loses to New Orleans last night at home. Arizona, where they have been so great all year on the road, gets absolutely stomped by the Detroit Lions. And I mean stomped. The Lions, as a 12-and-a-half-point underdog blew it, went outright 30 to 12. This game never in question. The Fighting Dan Campbells get their second win of the year. And if I may, still great against the number. Nine and five ATS, tied for the fourth best against the spread record in the NFL. Good teams win, great teams cover. Yesterday, the Lions were both. Uh, hopefully, somebody out there had a Lions, Texans, Saints money line parlay. They're sitting pretty right now. But uh, three shocking results, obviously. Uh, these teams getting big wins. To credit the Lions, we were talking about it yesterday on Pro Football Today. I know they had the worst record in the league going into yesterday. And they are one of the worst teams. But they had not played like the worst team. We've seen far more miserable performances out of the Jaguars on a consistent basis and even the Texans, although they get to their third win yesterday. Scrappy effort by the Jets yesterday, but still only a three-win team, and they've looked like they, they cannot play offensive football at times. The Lions were in a lot of games that they lost. He talked about Dan Campbell. 
and, and a lot of people have been mentioning him. Uh, he gives off a little bit of a, a meathead vibe to some folks, but it really is clear that the players want to play hard for him. They need more players. They need to upgrade that roster. Uh, but in terms of attitude and their their willingness to compete as somebody that's a Lions under better and thought I was going to cash yesterday on the year, I've got to wait. And I'm getting a little worried about the, a, a little bit of a run for them. Last thing on the Ravens, by the way, you mentioned Ravens, Bengals odds. Guess who plays next week? The Ravens and the Bengals. A lot of very interesting implications in week number 16, especially in the divisions that we will get to in the AFC on the other side of the break. One more note about the NFC and those contenders, the Power Five, as they have been known, the Dallas Cowboys, beating the Giants yesterday 21-6 at MetLife. The Niners also stomping the Falcons. Keep an eye on San Francisco. We'll make that point and talk about the AFC up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to the morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM, channel 159, the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM, alongside Mike Blewett for this opening hour of TMA on this Monday morning. I'm Ben Stevens, recapping the weekend that was in the NFL, week number 15. Still four games to go before we round out the entirety of this week and flip the page to week number 16. And I say weekend, Mike Blewett. Because on Saturday night, we had a dandy of a game that had huge ramifications throughout the AFC playoff picture in Indianapolis. The Colts looking mightily impressive, snapping the Patriots' seven-game winning streak, a seven-game cover streak as well, as Indianapolis wins 27-17. The Colts covering as a slight two-and-a-half-point favorite at home. The over-under total 45 and a hook just barely stays under. How impressed were you, Mike Blewett, by what you saw out of Indianapolis on Saturday night? So it's another weird game with the Patriots. A couple of weeks ago, obviously, we see, or a week ago, I can't remember how long ago it was, we see the Patriots play the Bills in this ridiculous blizzard, windy conditions. They run the ball three times. The Colts are up 17-0 on the Patriots at one point by, uh, or 20 to nothing at one point. And they only threw the ball 12 times the whole game. Carson Wentz numbers on the evening, 5 of 12 for 57 yards, a touchdown and a pick that actually brought them back into it. Here's what I'll say. for, for You're dealing with a rookie quarterback. They, they, what they've done to help shape him and play better throughout the season, which is typical of a New England Patriots team, they improved throughout the year, has been impressive. But he's still a rookie quarterback. He's going to run into some bumps in the road. Um but I thought that the way he was playing early and struggling to get them back into the game, I thought was actually kind of impressive. It, it, it got to a point late in the game where it's 20 to 17 and the Colts desperately need a first down to run out the clock. It turns out yeah. your boy, Jonathan Taylor from University of Wisconsin, uh, breaks off the 67-yard run to clinch it but that was a desperately needed first down in order to run out the clock so i give the pats credit for fighting back into it they weren't going to run the table for the year they're still dealing with a rookie quarterback but uh the colts are a tough team 
I, I think they're just a tough out. Wentz needs to play better if they're going to do anything about this in the playoffs. Right. But um, clearly, we know how this team is built. They got a running back that's actually competing for the NFL MVP. Indy almost showing the Patriots their own game on Saturday yeah. night with Carson Wentz only completing five passes. Jonathan Taylor on the ground, an absolute workhorse, 29 rushing attempts, 170 yards, and a touchdown. That big 67-yarder that iced it for Indianapolis. Now, the Colts, meanwhile, have won five of their last six games. They have covered in four of their last six games. They will not win the AFC South because of the tremendous lead that Tennessee jumped out to, but Indianapolis is a team to keep an eye on in the AFC championship market. Now the fourth best odds to win the AFC conference crown at plus 950. As you look around the AFC, of course, two very closely tied teams, the New England Patriots and the Buffalo Bills in the AFC East. Yesterday, Buffalo desperately needing a win against the Carolina Panthers. The Bills do that, and they bounce back in tremendous fashion, covering as a 14-point favorite. That line had a lot of late steam over the weekend. Buffalo beating the Carolina Panthers blew it by 17 points, 31-14 to the final. Buffalo desperately needed that win, and they got it yesterday at home in western New York against the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, yeah they did. Uh, took care of it. Uh, pretty early on, uh, it felt like yeah. they were going to be in control of this game. Um, and Josh Allen continues to uh, impress, right? It, we've had times where we're like, ah, this Bills team, they're a little clunky right now. And I think long term, uh, you might have some questions to ask since they're missing Tredavious White. And how much does that impact the uh, sort of the ceiling for this team. But right now they're sitting at eight and six. They're a game behind the New England Patriots, whom they play next week. As big a win as that was for the Pats in Buffalo uh, just uh, a couple of weeks ago, it really was um, it, it was setting up for this game. They're both they have the right. same exact record in the division. So if the Bills win next week, they're in first place playing the Falcons and the Jets to close out the year. So Credit to a lot of folks out there and a lot of analytics folks that you and I are probably connected to socially and uh, have discussions with. They have never really been panicked about the Bills, and it's made me not panic about the Bills. I think they lost, They had a couple of bad breaks in some games. They lost an overtime game. They lost a weird game to the Patriots. But here they are at 8-6, and six, and if they ran the table at 11-6, and six, it's not too far off from where we might have had them at the beginning of the year. Maybe a little less impressive at points, but uh, a big win for them, clearly, as they face the Pats next week. Yeah, and they needed that win. 31 points against the Carolina defense that has struggled mightily because the Panthers' offense also not putting up much. 31-14 to 14 in the final yesterday. The Panthers, meanwhile, blew it, have lost four straight games in their nine losses this year. Carolina has yet to cover. So if Carolina is going to lose, even as a 14-point underdog, they are having trouble covering this year. The Buffalo Bills Head had only covered twice me. in their... What's up? Head, head scratching team for me. I, I thought the Panthers would be better this year. Um, and they're just, they're dropping a bunch of games right now. I don't know if it's the loss of McCaffrey impacting them that much, but they're starting to get non-competitive in some of, some of these games. And that's, that's a little bit of a red flag. I, I kind of, I'm a believer in Matt rule. I, I had over bets on the Panthers uh, for the year, but I don't feel like I'm going to get there. Their schedule's too tough uh, to get there. They'd have to actually win their last three in order to get there. 
Carolina started off a perfect 3-0 and at the very beginning of this NFL yeah. regular season. Maybe just maybe Joe Brady wasn't the issue offensively, but we can save that discussion for another day. Buffalo, meanwhile, 6-5-1 and ATS as a favorite this year. They had only covered twice in their previous eight games, entering yesterday in Buffalo, New York, but covering easily as a 14-point favorite, beating the Panthers 31-14, to which leads to what Mike Blewett was just discussing, a huge divisional matchup this upcoming Sunday following Christmas in New England, in Foxborough, between the Patriots and the Buffalo Bills. And right now, when you look at the AFC East division on the FanDuel Sportsbook, the Patriots still the odds-on favorites at minus 130. Buffalo plus 130. This might be your opportunity on the Buffalo Bills. That plus 130 price might be pretty similar to the price you can get right now as Buffalo is a two-point underdog for Sunday's upcoming matchup against the New England Patriots. If Buffalo wins this game, they will jump back into the top spot in the AFC East. That is how big this game is going to be on Sunday at Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, Massachusetts. Should be a lot of fun, and that obviously will have huge, huge implications for the rest of the AFC postseason picture. Also affecting that AFC postseason race yesterday at Heinz Field in Pittsburgh, the Steelers flipping to the favorite prior to kick as a one and a half point favorite against the Tennessee Titans. They cover that number in a defensive struggle of a game. Pittsburgh staying alive in the AFC wildcard race. They beat the Titans yesterday, 19 to 13. The total blew it goes under Pittsburgh wins. They go to above 500. What did you make of your Steelers yesterday in that performance against the Tennessee Titans? Well, Ben, in my uh, unbiased, uh, impartial opinion, I, I, clearly they're the best team in the league uh, after yesterday. They eschew analytics and they kick field goals and they tell you to <laughs> to stuff it. So uh, I don't know what it is that they don't start playing until the second half and sometimes the fourth quarter, but it seems to be working in some instances. In others, they seem to just fall short like they did against the Vikings, spotting them 29 points and then nearly tying the game. Um, <laughs> the offense is ugly. Najee Harris, 12 carries for 18 yards. Ben is 16 of 25 for 148. But they're, make, they're getting turnovers, making special teams plays, and it is affording them wins. I was just watching them get turnovers and then kick field goals. They had, they had just to recap, at one point yesterday in the fourth quarter, they in nine minutes' time, they kicked three field goals on three different possessions where they barely moved the ball. Seven plays, 31 yards, four plays for four yards, another four plays for five yards. So they're just not moving the ball, but because they're creating turnovers, they were already in field goal range. Uh, it is a wild team. Uh, I think they're going to finish eight, eight and one because it's the only way to explain their season that they would be perfectly 500. And uh, I thought they were going to win yesterday. I thought it was, I had visited Heinz field this week. Yep. So it feels, uh, I, and I was on the field, so perhaps I brought some good mojo uh, to Chris Boswell. I wish he gave me the same yesterday in my betting endeavors, but nonetheless, an odd team. And the Tennessee Titans, I just cannot explain. I, I've said for three years running, it's the hardest team in the league to bet on, and I think this year is just another example. Huge wins, terrible losses, hard to explain. Blue, I'm surprised you're not wearing the Steelers blazer that you now currently own that you were donning on the field in I Pittsburgh. I wore it out in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I know. You got to 
got to send it to the dry cleaner, get it fresh maybe for this playoff run. Pittsburgh still plus 450 on FanDuel to make the AFC postseason. Again, one of four teams, or there are four teams in the AFC, rather, that are eight and six straight up. Pittsburgh, seven, six, and one. So when you look at the Tennessee Titans, Blewett, I think you bring up a great point. They have now lost three of their last four games. They've only covered once in this five-game span now for Tennessee. And because of the Titans' loss, because of the Patriots going down on Sunday night, there is an odds-on favorite now to be the number one seed in the AFC playoffs. That would be the Kansas City Chiefs at minus 175. The Patriots were tied with the Chiefs, co-favorites entering the weekend at plus 165. Now it's the Chiefs by themselves in minus money, minus 175 to be the top number one overall seed, which is vitally important now as only one team gets a buy in each conference, the Chiefs at minus 175. A lot of NFL Week 15 still to come. Two games today, two games tomorrow. We preview those coming up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. A full football first hour of the morning after on this Monday continues right here on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, Channel 159, and all across the SportsGrid network alongside Mike Blewett for this full football first hour. I am Ben Stevens. Mike Blewett, the host of Pro Football Today, each and every Sunday right here on the grid, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time to get you set for your weekend slate across the National Football League. And you can trust Mike Blewett. Why? He's got boots on the ground. He goes to Pittsburgh. He goes to Pennsylvania. He goes to Heinz Field, repping his Steelers blazer, and he looks darn good doing it. That's where he was earlier this week, maybe giving some good juju to the Pittsburgh Steelers, who won yesterday as a slight one-and-a-half-point home favorite over the Tennessee Titans, 19-13. to Blew it. You're not there on the Steelers logo at midfield, but the Tennessee Titans were yesterday ahead of that loss in Pittsburgh. What did you make of those uh, pregame antics, shall we say, from the Titans? Correct. Correct. Uh, first of all, shout out to the Steelers, to Heinz Field uh, for hosting us there. It was great. I uh, got a tour of the whole uh, deal, and it was a lot of fun to be down there on the field. Nice, lovely field. I was told not to step on it, so uh, I didn't. But the Titans, here's what I don't understand. There's a video out there. You all can check it out. I think Pat McAfee threw it out there. And there is a video of the Titans pregame dancing on the Steelers logo. Now, it's not the first time that they've done that. Do you remember last year, I believe it was, the Ravens and Titans going back and forth, dancing on each other's logos? There's a, a big sort of taunting situation going on. With all the emphasis on taunting during the games where you and I and most football fans don't even really care about it, but the league has specifically said, including Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin, who's on the competition committee, that we don't want any part of it in our game. We don't want guys talking trash in the middle of plays, creating an atmosphere where they're going to start fights. Well, what would you call that when there's 20 players pregame dancing on the logo? The entire reason for doing that is an intimidation uh taunting factor now i could argue whether or not i care about it i'm just saying it's very inconsistent so either flag them and find them 
to prevent that or just let it all go. You can't be hypocritical about it. You have 20 players from the opposing team before the ball is kicked off, dancing on the logo, trying to taunt the other team. It doesn't make any sense. The Steelers were the underdog for most of the week. They flipped past that number of zero to the pregame favorite at a point and a half against Tennessee. But yesterday blew it. It was the underdog that prevailed for the most part. Underdogs yesterday for the 10 games on the NFL Sunday slate, six and four against the number, four of those six dogs winning outright. Might we see the same in the four games we still have remaining in this week ahead for NFL week number 15 before we flip the script and move to week 16? Two games on this Monday. Of course, because of the COVID concerns around the NFL this week, some games were rescheduled, including that of the Las Vegas Raiders and the Cleveland Browns. This game was supposed to be the first game we had for a doubleheader on Saturday. Now the first of two that we have on this Monday night. In Cleveland, Ohio tonight, the Browns, a three-point favorite. This line has moved like crazy. We will discuss that here in just mere moments. And the over-under total, 41 in a hook. It should be Nick Mullins starting tonight for Cleveland. A lot of questions about who will be available for this Cleveland Browns roster. The Raiders have remained mostly healthy on the other side. A three-point spread here blew it that we saw move like crazy. It got all the way to the Raiders laying three when some of those COVID concerns were happening for the Cleveland Browns when head coach Kevin Stefanski tested positive and starting quarterback Baker Mayfield followed by backup quarterback Case Keenum testing positive for COVID-19 and placed on that COVID-19 reserve list. Now it's back to the Browns who opened as a six and a half point favorite now find themselves at that key number of three. Blewett, how do you even begin to approach this matchup between the Raiders and the Browns? It's wild. Now we, we have to remember that this was a five and two Raiders team that has lost four of five coming out. Is that right? Maybe five of six coming out of their yeah. off of their bye week. Um, all week I was thinking it's the Browns. It's got to be the Browns. And then we started losing as many as 20 players. You're talking about Nick Mullins. I think we have to monitor this, though, throughout the day, right, to see how many players are actually going to come off the COVID list. It is possible. We get mm -hmm. some updates. We were getting updates all throughout the day yesterday on the Rams and other teams. We may get more updates regarding the Browns. So I, I just feel like the Raiders are at a point in their season where they fought really valiantly through all this stuff. They were 5-2, and two, and, yes, they've lost 5 of 6, the only win coming on Thanksgiving Day, that wild game against the Cowboys. Their offense has really struggled. If outside of that game, they've scored 9, 15, 13, 14, and 16 points. So virtually no offensive output. I know Darren Waller's been out, and it's been the Hunter Renfro show, but uh, really not putting up the points uh, that they might need to at least score with the Browns to some extent. But we know what this game plan is, Ben. This is Nick Chubb all day. It isn't going to be fancy. I think this is really their game plan, even when Baker's in there. But we might get a heightened version of that going into this game. When you start looking at totals, I think that's where you can start to hone in. I still like the Browns. I think they're the better team. I think they can get away with a win here. But uh, I really do need to know exactly who's going to be out and who's going to be in before I feel comfortable laying down a bet on game day, at least. Yeah, certainly so. And when you look at the prop market, as of last night, Blue, at around 10.30 p.m. Eastern time, there were no props listed 
for this game. Now, currently on the FanDuel Sportsbook, props are starting to pop up a little bit, but mostly on the side, unsurprisingly so, of the Las Vegas Raiders. The prop market is a clear indication at times of who will be actually available to play in the game. Maybe that's how you get your updates along with the Twitter sphere as well. When you look at this from a trend perspective, the Cleveland Browns back in the AFC wildcard race, as we have seen, they've split their last six games straight up, but they have only covered once in that six game span. In fact, Cleveland as a favorite this year has been pretty porous, just two and five against the number, not covering by an average margin of over five points per game. Meanwhile, the Raiders have been underdogs in three of their last four games. Their only win in the last six games for Las Vegas came on Thanksgiving Day as a seven and a half point underdog on the road in the star against the Dallas Cowboys. Neither of these teams are playing their best football right now, and Cleveland has been banged up even prior to all of the COVID issues within that organization. So it will be very interesting to see what team you get on the field to know how to handicap this game. That's why I blew it for me. I'm looking at the props. I think you could look at Derek Carr over passing attempts of 35 and a half. He is averaging more than 38 passing attempts this year. He has gone over this number of 35 and a hook in three straight games for the Raiders or his now favorite target in Hunter Renfro. He has had at least 100 yards. It's in three straight games. His receiving yards prop right now on FanDuel, just 77 and a half. And the total receptions at six and a half. There's some plus money to the over. Hunter Renfro has gone over that number in six of the last seven games for the Las Vegas Raiders. The Browns have a pretty good passing defense. We will see what that offense looks like. Nick Chubb should be available for the Browns tonight. We know that. Nick Mullins most likely getting the start under center for the Cleveland Browns. And Blue, we discussed this early on. We have talked about the AFC North teams. The Bengals, where they win yesterday on the road in Denver, 15-10. to 10. Cincinnati now the top spot in the AFC North divisional standings. The favorites on the FanDuel Sportsbook in the AFC North. The Baltimore Ravens, Behind them with the second shortest odds at plus 195, the Cleveland Browns plus 240, the third shortest odds in this division. But Blewett, entering week number 15 before all the craziness that happened because of some of those COVID concerns around the league, Cleveland was plus 106 to make the playoffs on the outside looking in based on the odds, but just right there on the brink. So that also plays into this game, not only the AFC North odds, but just the hunt in the wild card race for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, and keep in mind, if the Browns win tonight, they will jump into second place. Ravens will fall to third based on the fact that they are mm-hmm. one and three in the division and move the Browns to three and two. The Bengals sitting at three and one. Other thing I like tonight, if I'm looking at it right now and the way I think the game might play out, the car thing is interesting, but I wonder if the Browns try to run out the clock on him, keep him off the field. The Raiders under team total 19 and a half. They have been under that 19 and a half, five of the last six games. Again, the Thanksgiving game, the only one where they hit the over. So they're just struggling to score points. Um, and uh, I, I think that's really it. We'll, we'll have to see throughout the day exactly who is starting. But right now, I think you're looking at a fairly low-scoring game, particularly the Raiders have not been able to hit the end zone. Right. The lowest total of the year still for the Raiders at 41 in a hook. So this is the first game. It starts around 5 p.m. Eastern time here on this Monday night doubleheader. The second game, the originally scheduled Monday night football contest at Soldier Field 
in the Windy City, Chicago, Illinois. The Bears hosting the Minnesota Vikings right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. The Vikings, a six and a half point road favorite. The over-under total is now actually up to 45, but was 44 and a half for most of this morning. And last night, it opened at 43, so already up blew it by two points. Both of these teams had some COVID issues throughout the week. The Vikings were in enhanced protocols as early as Wednesday. The Bears added some players to that COVID-19 list on Thursday and Friday. The Vikings now a six and a half point favorite after opening as a three and a half point favorite. So with all this line movement, Blewett, how do you approach these games? Do you wait until we get closer to kick or do you think we can get the best number right now on either of these two sides? I mean, the Bears were five and a half yesterday. It's moved up to six and a half and they got their defensive quarter a coordinator back in Sean Desai. I don't know if that hasn't impacted the line, but I wonder if it can impact the team. Um Justin Fields, I, mean, I think people are feeling pretty good about a decent performance out of him. Uh, Vikings are always kind of wonky, Kirk Cousins in particular, in these primetime games. They, again, not not dissimilar, but seemingly about half, t- half the teams in the league, Ben, are a hard team to figure out. You do not know yeah. from week to week which team you're going to get when Minnesota when Minnesota shows up. He's shown that Justin Fields, shown that Justin Fields and Kirk Cousins props right now. Fields over under uh, 208 and a half, Kirk Cousins 259 and a half. The Bears, obviously uh, the worst passing offense in the league for, for most of the year. But uh, in terms of waiting, the only thing I'll say, Ben, is that I don't think this is going to get to seven. If you want to take the home dog and a divisional home dog in December, sometimes are these hold your nose bets, even divisional dogs in general, but six and a half at home in December in division getting the points. I think I hold my nose and I take the points here with the bears. It might not be pretty, but hopefully uh, they can keep it close for you. And Justin Fields will get a little bit of work done. He's back in the saddle. Uh, nobody threatening his job. He's feeling a little bit healthier. So uh, I like Fields to play relatively well tonight, even though this is an anemic offense in general. Justin Fields over that number in his return last week against the Green Bay Packers from those broken ribs in his last fully healthy game before sustaining that injury against the Steelers on a Monday night. Justin Fields also over this number of 208 in a hook. I will also be on the lookout for a Justin Fields rushing prop tonight as he has been great on the ground in his last five fully healthy games. Now, Blewett, neither of these teams great in their spots right now as you compare it to the spread. The Vikings as a favorite this year, just 2-5 and five ATS. They did cover last week as a 3.5-point favorite on Thursday night, but that game even got a little dicey for Minnesota. Chicago, meanwhile, as an underdog this year, 2-8 against the number. That is the worst ATS record as an underdog in all of the NFL this season. Chicago has been an underdog in seven of their last eight games. They have only covered once in that eight-game span, even when you throw in the one time they were a favorite. So neither team great in the spot they are, maybe at a total of 45. The Bears have played an over in three straight. The Vikings entered this week tied for the highest over percentage in the NFL. We round out our number one on the other side of the break, focusing on this Monday night doubleheader. It's time to fade the puck. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
rounding out our first hour together here on the opening day of this new work week right here on the morning after on sports grid sirius xm channel 159 the home for sports grid radio on sirius xm i am ben stevens joined by mike blewett for the entirety of this first hour focusing on the nfl recapping the weekend that was and also looking forward to the two games we have on this monday night mike and i have given you our thoughts on how this monday night doubleheader might play out now it's time to hear from you yes the public it is time to fade the public all right blew it so the poll question was very simple this morning still active and ongoing at sports grid tv on twitter of the four teams playing tonight on monday night football from the two games who has the best shot of covering? Is it the Cleveland Browns as a three-point favorite? The Raiders as a three-point underdog in Cleveland? Is it Chicago as a six-and-a-half-point dog at home against the favorite Minnesota Vikings who are laying nearly a touchdown? And right now, the overwhelming majority here blew it. About 41% of people saying the Minnesota Vikings as a six-and-a-half-point favorite on the road in Chicago have the best chance of covering. Mike Blewett, are you agreeing or fading the public? I love you, buddy, but I hate this question. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it with all my heart. Why do you think it's Early me? Early on Monday morning. I'm not trying to be negative, but I hate it with all my heart. This is an impossible question. I'm absolutely fading the public, though. Uh, but to ask me who has the best chance to cover, uh, I wish I knew. Yesterday was a hell of a day. And I would say, in order, Browns, Bears, Vikes, Raiders. That's my order. Got it. Both all right. I like Browns. that. That's good. Listen, that elicits a response. That's what the question is trying to do. It's not supposed to be easy for you, Mike Blewett, the host of Pro Football Today, each and every Sunday morning right here on the grid, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time to give you all the knowledge and expertise you need for the NFL. That's what Mike Blewett did today in this opening hour of TMA. Blewett, as always, thank you very much for your time. Happy holidays, everybody. Same to you as well, Mike Blue. And hour number two of the morning after comes up on the other side of the break, following a sports news update from Alex Fasano. spot a sports gaming winner they listen to us don't rely on luck get the expert information you need the winning